we did the first two factors that undermine vigilance. The first one was involvement with this world. That was easy to overcome. The second factor was frivolity and derision. We said that's a little bit harder to overcome. And now we're up to the, the third factor that undermines vigilance on page 35. The third factor leading to the loss of vigilance is the company one keeps, i.e. being in the company of fools and sinners. This is what is stated in scripture. He who befriends a fool will be broken even after a person has understood his obligation to serve the eternal. And the need for vigilance in this area, we very often see that he becomes lax about his duties or transgresses in some of them in order to avoid ridicule by his friends or to gain access to their company, right? This is the, the thing that we can call being a goody-goody, right? Nobody wants to be a goody-goody. So you don't want to be the loser who's saying, oh, it's time to go do the right thing or let's not, let's not talk Russian hard right now, right? It, it doesn't feel good because then you're the, you know, the goody-two-shoes. So this is a, you know, if you have friends who make you feel that way when you're trying to, to accomplish something in Torah and mitzvot, then it's going to be very difficult to really grow. This is what Shlomo cautioned, saying, do not mingle with those who alter the ways of the eternal. Now, on the other hand, a person might tell you, a person's demeanor should always be oriented towards people. This is a Gemara in Ksubis, and the Gemara tells us that you, you have to always be someone who, who um, you should, it's not, oriented is not really the right way to, to translate it maybe, but the, the Gemara means that you should be getting along with people. You should be someone who gets along with everyone. And it's true that it's very important to get along with everyone. But you must also say to him, this applies when people act human, but not when people act like animals. So when the Gemara tells us that in the creations, it means when the creations are acting on a high level, but not when they're acting on a low level. And Shlomo further Cautions, King Solomon cautions in Proverbs, keep your distance from the fool. And King David said in Psalms, right, literally the very first line of Psalms is, praiseworthy is the man who did not walk in the counsel of the wicked, and in the path of sinners did not stand, and in the seat of the scornful did not sit. And they have commented, if he walked, he will eventually stand. If he stood, he will eventually sit. Right? A fascinating insight into, into human nature. What is the way David Amalekh begins, King David begins with, praiseworthy is the man who doesn't walk also doesn't stand, and also doesn't sit. Because first you just start walking with them, but you're not actually hanging out with them. You're just walking with them. You wouldn't, if they were standing, you happen to be going the same direction. But if they would stand in one place, you wouldn't actually do that. But what ends up happening is you become accustomed to this, and then you actually start standing. And then you actually start sitting together. And this is going to end up leading to bad, uh, bad actions. And it further states, I have not sat among false people, and I will not associate with those who conceal their actions. I despise the congregation of evildoers. All that is required from a person is to purify and cleanse himself and refrain from following the footsteps of the masses who are immersed in the vanities of the times, right? Which I think is, you know, probably even more ap apropos today than it was when he wrote this, right? The, the overlying, uh, I think for most people in, in Europe, at least at that point, most people probably did have a, a, some belief in God. And most people probably did believe that it is correct to be a moral person. They believe there was something called absolute morality. And in today's times, it's a lot more difficult because the, the divergence that we're going to be following with someone who wants to follow Torah and Mitzvahs properly, the divergence that they're going to be following from the consensus of what's normal behavior in a country like America is going to be very far away. It's even more difficult to actually try to follow in a path that is a true path, but yet it's so far away from what the, the, uh, the masses are accustomed to. 
Simultaneously, he must direct himself towards the precincts of the eternal and his dwelling places. As David himself concludes, I will wash my hands in purity, and then I will encircle your altar, O eternal. And if it turns out that he finds himself in the company of one who ridicules him, he should not let it bother him. Right? So now what he's saying is, okay, fine. So definitely important to choose your friends carefully. Right? You can't choose your relatives, but you could choose your friends. So choose your friends carefully. If your friend, you find yourself that when you're in the behavior of these people, a specific group of friends, when you're making your daily cheshman anefesh, your daily accounting of the soul, and you're saying, you know, I'm noticing a pattern over here. The pattern is things are going good in my pursuit of, of a more elevated lifestyle. And then I notice that whenever I hang out with these folks, I take a step back. Right? I go to my weekly, whatever it might be, I end up taking a step back. So that's something that you could then try to eliminate at the best that you can, or maybe try to discuss it with your friends to say, hey, listen, guys, I really like hanging out with you, but I, I feel like I have a specific um, goal. And it, yeah, this is, not, this is not so typical in America today. But say, I have a specific goal. I have a specific perspective about life. And I have a purpose. And sometimes hanging out with you doesn't actually work that well. So this is what I'm going to have to start doing from now on. So now, what should you do if you end up in the company of those who ridicule him, right? So you're trying to do the right thing. And you're saying, no, I don't speak Russian Hara. And they start making fun of you. So what do you do? On the contrary, he should ridicule and denigrate his scoffers, right? So turn it back on them and show them that this is a, a double-bladed sword, right? You think through making fun of me, you're going to stop me from doing the right thing. I'm going to make fun of you for not recognizing what's truly good and what's truly right. So it, this is the one time where it is permitted to be derisive, to, to try to show people that they're doing the wrong thing. And he should imagine that if he had the opportunity to make a lot of money, would he pass it up just to avoid the ridicule of his peers? How much more then? should he not be willing to lose his soul because of ridicule? And, and aside from actually using this, the, the actual method that they're using against you to use it against them, but you also, there's ways to incentivize yourself, right? This, today we call it the, the gamifying, the gamification of, in, you know, the gamification industry where everything's all about, you get to check off on your, on your smartwatch how many times you walked around the block and then all of a sudden you're so much more motivated to do things correctly. So if you think to yourself, listen, I have the opportunity to make $100,000 in a half hour, but this guy's going to make fun of me. You probably would say, you know what? Probably not such a big deal. I'll take the $100,000 and take you making fun of me. My younger brother always used to have this uh, uh, game that he would play on Shabbos afternoons where he would talk to people around the table and say, how much money would it take for you to do X? And, you know, it would make it progressively more and more strange and odd. And at a certain point, most people would say, yeah, if I got to be perfectly honest, I probably would do that odd thing for X amount of dollars. If it gets high enough, I'll do it. So if it's about money, most of us are willing to do a lot. We're willing to endure a lot of ridicule about to receive money. So what should we then use that this concept, we should use it as a lever to convince ourselves, well, what do we have in front of us for ridicule? It's abstract. It's a lot harder to really to see it. But what do we have in front of us is something a lot more precious than money. In the same vein, they have blessed memory caution. Be bold as a leopard to do the will of your father in heaven. Right? This is the, the, um, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot in chapters of our fathers, that you sometimes have to have, uh, you know, it, not just initiative, you have to be courageous. Right? What does it mean to be courageous? It means very often this type of scenario. It doesn't mean courageous because to do the will of Hashem, you're going to have to, you know, not listen to the Inquisition. The Inquisition is threatening to kill you. Be courageous like a leopard to withstand the temptation to convert. No, it's not talking about that. This is forever. This is for everyone. So what, how does this come up? It comes up to be mentally strong, to do the right thing, even if people around you don't respect that. 
And David said, and I will speak of your testimonies before kings, and I will not be ashamed. So this is what King David says in Psalms. Since the deed and the talk of most kings were focused on grandiose and pleasurable matters, David, who was also a king, would have found it an embarrassment while in the company of such people. If he were to discuss matters of ethics and Torah instead of talking about the grandiose and the pleasurable, but after having already attained the truth, he was not concerned about this at all and was not tempted in his heart by these vanities. Rather, he explicitly states, and I will speak of your testimonies before kings and I will not be ashamed. And Yeshayo, Isaiah, similarly said, therefore, I made my countenance as a rock and I knew that I would not be ashamed. Right? So this is the, the method how to counteract the, the, third, the third factor that undermines vigilance. The method how to, how to counteract it is through these ideas of making yourself strong, perceiving what the reward is that you should be willing to forego being ridiculed in exchange for this reward, and also to, to use their method of ridiculing you and use it back against them. That's the, met, the factors that undermine vigilance. 